corner it goes. Tavares working on the wing with Matthews who scores! Big pileup back of the net. Marner trying to sift it along. Stolen by the Canadians, but not out. Nylander down low. Shot scores! Austin Matthews! Holy Macano! Three goals, he's tied the game! I know he had a, had a hattie tonight, but it wasn't even his best opening night, so... Uh, uh, <laughs> You know, it's 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 commonplace for him, but certainly um, I think he's just excited to, to lead the way and, and be great and be driven and, and get to where we want to get to. I think he's talked a lot about that. That qualifies as stand-up comedy from John Tavares. A joke from the captain? <laughs> That's all you need to know about how good night one was. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. All right, that was Toronto Maple Leafs hockey for you. Uh, the defense at times looked like it was their first hockey game ever played. Ilya Samsonov, some questions. Oof. But Austin Matthews, again, looking like the best goal scorer on the planet. In the end, a 6-5 shootout victory over the Montreal Canadiens, coming back from down two goals with under five minutes to go in regulation. Listen, I'm not Sheldon Keefe. I'm not mm. an NHL head coach, so I don't have to, to, to talk Good about to it. I don't have to talk about how stressful or, or how right. counter to the way we sure. want to play that, that game. That was entertaining as hell yeah for she a was, season debut she was a fun one i can't tell you how many times i have woken up after a leafs game that's gone that way except without them winning it and then turn on my tv to see some other superstar let's be honest usually it's mcdavid but some other superstar just putting the team on his back and yeah. going and winning a game that mm. they have no business winning and going boy wouldn't it be nice and look matthew's done a million times marner has as well but just to kick off the season that way of a superstar putting the team on his back we talk about a bounce back season peak of his powers all that stuff boy he looked at last night and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the goals but it was the full it was the full-fledged Matthews effect last night so so much to take away from last night obviously got to start with him but man what a way to start your season yeah it's a spectacular uh way from an entertainment standpoint again like there's there's we're gonna pick some nits too yeah. right like we're, we're not gonna it, it's game one of 82, so you don't want to make grand proclamations, which they're happy about in Edmonton, that they don't have yeah. to you know, <laughs> take an 8-1 loss to the Vancouver Canucks uh, and a, a season-opening poll of Jack Campbell after a good preseason Great. and say that that's Sorry, the, the, the way our season's going to play out. Um, but yeah, we'd be remiss. We didn't start with Austin Matthews, who is the greatest five-on-five goal scorer in the NHL since he laced mm -hmm. him up and, and first stepped onto an NHL ice surface. And as John Tavares is alluding to, scored four goals in his career opener against the, the Ottawa Senators, has a hat trick yesterday. You know how many hat tricks he had last year, Brent? Uh, I feel like I saw it on the broadcast, but why don't you just say? Zero. Really? He had a none. Yeah, his last hat trick was April of 2022. He wow. had no hat tricks last year. Scored 40 goals, okay. which is, un I mean, <laughs> you know what else is unbelievable? He had 40 goals last year in, like, the most disappointing season Austin Matthews has ever put forth. The Montreal Canadiens, I love that, that board that they were throwing. 40 goals scored 100 years, it yeah, seems like. Yeah, Vinny Leafs was legend. The, the last uh, 40 goal scorer for the Montreal Canadiens. This is a guy that, uh, yes, no, nobody's truly doubting what he is and least of which are the Toronto Maple Leafs mm -hmm. who did give him the extension. And yep. maybe that plays into it a little bit more than, than we give credit to. Like this is a guy that I don't think was ever in doubt uh, no. of getting his, but yeah, it, it, it probably does eliminate some distractions for him knowing that he's going to be here for at least the next half decade. Yeah. That was, 
that was a step in the right direction. There were, I, I will, I mean, I just told you, no hat tricks last mm-hmm. season. There were few and far between moments last year where he looked as dominant as he did yesterday. So I guess the number I saw in the broadcast last night was eight for eight career hat tracks, hat yeah. tricks. That's what I thought. But this is going to be great when we talk to Gordon a couple of minutes here because when you gave me that number just now, it felt like it hadn't, it honestly didn't feel like it'd been that long because he did have a down year offensively, but there were just so many nights where I walked out of there last year going, wow, what a dominant performance from Matthews, despite the lesser than goal total that he ended up with. But just to put it in perspective, that is a different level than for, for what he's capable of. You want that. It's so important, honestly, to just to survive the opening game and to put it in a perfect juxtaposition of what happened in Edmonton. Obviously, they didn't do that. But the Leafs, yes. Are there a million things you can hate about that game? Boy, are there, especially if you're looking at it with the fine-tooth comb that, that old Sheldon, I'm sure, is already up combing yeah. through it with these They're, early season games are weird too and that's why it is just about surviving it, mm-hmm. it I, no one's gonna sit here and give them credit for coming back against the montreal canadians but you just let your talent take over in the moments that you were the better team you clearly have the better talent there and i think that's what shined through and it just allows us to now head into saturday with Ah, exhale. Okay. Right. It's not, ah, they got the doors blown off. Ah, Samsonov can't make a save. Ah, look at all these things that gone wrong. Ah, Ryan Reeves might have lost his first fight. All of these things. We don't have to talk about <laughs> all down. of these things going we into We will it. talk about those right. things. Of course we will. <laughs> By the way. But it just doesn't, it doesn't, it allows the season just to start off with the calm, easy nature. We talk so much about a different feel for this Leafs team. And when they went down to nothing and then, again, did Ryan Reeves lose his fight? No but he didn't get a hold of Wi-Fi no. and really handle him the way we all would have liked to have seen. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was just really easy to say the game going the complete opposite way, and then you're worried you're going to have some start like you had last year. And, hey, they could still stub their toe in the next handful of games. I'm yeah. not saying that can't happen, but it was very important to just kind of right the wrongs in the back half of that game and steal your extra point and get out of the dodge. Yep. Uh, coming back, and then Sheldon Keefe, I, I don't know if this is like an unencumbered Sheldon Keefe. I'm sure he would have felt empowered to, to pull the goalie with five minutes to go down to yes. last year, too. But that was, was a gutsy call in, in that moment. I like that a lot more than pulling the goalie down one with like over three minutes to go. Mm-hmm. But both of them worked out. Yep. Uh, end up tying the game. Uh, end up winning the opening faceoff in overtime. Uh, do not score in overtime. End up killing off the the four on three mm-hmm. in overtime, which is massive, and then winning a shootout, which is I it, I I understand how we can't play f- uh, three on three for like forever. And you could if you if you promise the players if you here's the way you could play three on three, quote unquote forever is you made all the coaches leave the bench and somehow blocked them from getting access to it. Well, if he, you just told the coach, they could never see it. Then those guys, that'd be over real quick. Uh, and three on three ends so quickly anyway. Like we rarely do go to shootouts now, mm-hmm. which is great. I, I think, I think it, it, you could make an easy tweak without adding minutes to your overtime is just clearly like once you enter the zone you can't come back out. You can't mm. bring it back out. Like why are we allowing that to happen? That shouldn't you shouldn't be able to regroup uh, pull it back out of the hmm. zone, make a, a change. Once you get the puck in, you got to keep it in. There's no over and back. And hmm. and maybe if you try to bring it back out, there's not even a face-off. It's just like, you know, when you're playing shinny, yeah, the other team, back in, yeah. yeah, the other team gets it in hmm. their own zone and they bring it out. Like, doesn't that seem like it makes sense? It does to a certain extent, but I don't know. I don't have a problem with the regroup. I really don't. Honestly, yeah. three on three, it just you it love is the what regroup. it is. No, I don't. I, I said I don't have a problem with right. me not having, as you will learn very, very much so, with two of us working together, me not having a problem with something and me disliking something and me loving something 
are very, very different. Those are chasms apart for me. Okay, uh, do you want to talk about more positives, or do you want to get into the nitpicking? So, like, there is a, a couple more positives. There's the, the power yep. play scored a couple of times, despite the fact that they started the game mm-hmm. not looking all no, 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 that no, no. great. John Klingberg, I would say, yep. is a, an overall, like, I got a lot of questions about the blue line. It's surprisingly not a lot about him. He was he was pretty damn good and kept the puck in uh, on the six on five mm-hmm. to, to allow for the the game tying goal. And again, quarterbacking a power play that scored twice in in the hockey game. Special teams looked pretty good game one. Uh, yeah. Not the penalty kill necessarily. No, because not, they also gave up two goals. No, not the penalty kill. Uh, the power kill. It is not. Yeah. Not 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 yet. At least I think the thing that kind of frustrated me a little bit about the power play, and it's actually not about the power play, but it's about what it means to teams like the Leafs. And I don't mean this is just the Leafs. I'm sure we'll say these things about the Oilers as the year goes on. Maybe we'll say them about the Devils. Is that when you were a team with a dominant power play or the just lethal offensive players that the Leafs have sometimes you fall into this trap and I'm guilty of it because I'm looking for it all the time of, of looking for your power play late in the game when you're trailing mm-hmm. and just with the number of them, the Leafs had got, there were a few moments there where, you know, Matthew's got his hand tugged and I'm not, this is not me doing the blame the refs thing. It's telling the players to stop blaming the refs. So it was Nylander throwing his hand up going, ah, where's the call? You've already got your man advantages. And when you take advantage of them, the way the Leafs do, mm-hmm they're going to be a little more hesitant to call right. those things late in the game. So that was the thing I didn't love about just the way the game played out until they got those power plays, until they were able to take advantage. Uh, in terms of the way the unit looked, I mean, you see Matthews, the quick, quick catch on the rebound there uh, on the second goal he scored, I think, just fires it. That is what you want to see from Matthews. Not to say that he can't hold the puck on the half wall and occasionally make a decision or a great pass. You want it on and off his stick in a hurry. You saw that there. Uh, Bertuzzi, he's going to be able to give you some of that Tavares if you don't want to bleed Tavares for all the, those minutes out there and Klingberg I we're going to have a lot of games where we come in here and go oh my goodness well it was three up to last night I could not believe it wasn't the case necessarily last night and uh, it's just a guy who clearly clearly knows how to play with good players and is a capable offensive one himself. So that's the thing that just jumped out to me. It was a guy who was just confident in moments when you needed it to be and also a willing distributor. So really a a really nice fit from an offensive perspective. What was 22 up to? What is 22's (laughs) deal, man? Like I, 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 stuff. Okay. I, I, I'll, I'll just pose this to you in a very blanket way. Uh, Is Jake McCabe good? I, I have He's some, active. I, I have some real questions about whether Jake McCabe is good. Going back to the postseason and some decision making, and obviously gets caught on the the horrible pinch yesterday. Yep. I, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Jake McCabe is good. Like we don't talk very mm-hmm. much about Jake McCabe, and you, you rightly point yeah. out his cap hit. Being yeah, his <laughs> his full name, Jake McCabe, whose cap is two million dollars. Sure, Jake McCabe's supposed to be a significant piece to this puzzle is top four defenseman and and I, I'm not sure he's so good uh and TJ Brody obviously falls down like man there were so many <laughs> the blue line as a whole Morgan Riley had a good game I thought like when I saw when I saw TJ Brody fall down and they scored there I thought well that's it they're missing the playoffs this year honestly it's, it was year from hell right there the guy who was the the one responsible defenseman that you could count on the oh. entire time throughout this era who had the wheels fall off at the end in the playoffs last year sure, just hoping that's a health thing. And then he just completely blows a shoe and <laughs> gifts the Canadians uh, wow. a goal there. It was as ba- Again, I go back to the start of the game, but you're down to nothing at the Reeves thing and, and all of these, uh, these moments. It just, it was right there. And the fact that they were well, able to find some way. It's, it's, it's not 
every day that you get three separate defensemen, three individual mess-ups resulting yep. in three separate goals. <laughs> you had TJ Brody yep. with that screw-up. You had the Jake McCabe horrible pinch mm-hmm. leads to the, the two-on-one and the goal. And then uh, Timothy Lilligren. Again, forgetting how, how to to pass the puck, fanning on a pass yep. results in a goal. That was a you know what the scariest part about that is is that was the Sandine special, and yeah. I I am a big like I was a pretty big Sandine guy. I am mm. somebody who firmly believes that well maybe firmly is too strong of a term, but there's a non-zero percent chance that one day the Leafs are gone. You know, he's a perfect deadline pickup who's really flourished into his NHL career. Is that Rasmus Sandin? We got to go get him to add him as a piece to the blue line. Like that's going to happen one day. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. That was the Sandin special. He was the king of the flub pass that would just set it up. And the idea that if that just transported over to Lilligren, that, that cannot happen. But I do want to get back to what you said about McCabe. I think that, what McCabe is and how we feel about him is completely dependent on where he stacks in this blue line. If by the end of the year, he is this, I don't know, they're looking at, we've heard talk of a third pair that's like him and Klingberg, depending on if Lilligren's able to make some leap. If Jake McCabe is your third pair defenseman, I don't think you have a problem with him. You you will have problems with him because you will have the pinch, but you will also love the pinch that that results in the massive hits that he will lay out because he will do that. They, we, we are focusing right now on the bad that comes from McCabe and the aggressive nature of his game. There's a lot of good that can come out of that. And I think if it's on a third pair, but... In order for that to happen for this team, there needs to be additions to the blue line. I think we all expect that to happen, but we don't expect that to happen now. We don't expect that to happen in a month's time. So I think that's the thing about McCabe is if he is, if you look at him again, it all depends on what his full name is. If his full name is (laughs) top four defenseman, Jake McCabe. Yeah, I don't think you want that. But if his name is Jake McCabe, who plays on your third pair and is $2 million cap hit for the next two years, I think you're pretty happy with that. Honestly, I do. Maple Leafs win the hockey game, right? They get the two points. Again, at this point in the season when everybody's still figuring things out and you do have some significant turnover. And you know what? Despite a slow start to Tyler Bertuzzi's Mm -hmm. tenure as a Maple Leaf on the top line, I thought they great looks. Yeah, they figured it out by by the end of the hockey game. And just while we're talking about him. That scrum, I think, it was in the first period. Yeah. Maybe it was in the second. Mark Giordano getting Gio, on his <laughs> Gio off the top rope. But did you see Austin Matthews? Yeah, he was right in there. Ooh, now I don't yeah. want to overstate it. He did not go full Wendell Clark and mount someone and start no, punching them in the face. For him, he did. But basically, for him, he did. That yeah. was UFC Matthews and. It's one game. Mm-hmm. It's the opening night of the season. It's a guy who clearly, you see the way he played last night, mm-hmm. was supercharged up. I don't want to say, ah, this is a new guy, but we have tried to do the thing for years of let's take Joe Thornton's happy-go-nature and can we graft it onto them? Let's take Tavares' seriousness and can we... If you're actually able to get just... And no one wants him to become Brad Marchand. But if you're able to get just a little rat-like quality, could he, yes. be, could he be Mark Stone? Yeah. Could he be that? Yeah. Could he be the Golden Knights or, or the Oilers who were maiming Pietrangelo in the playoffs last year? Could he just give me a little bit of that? And to see that come out of him because solely because of something Tyler Bertuzzi did, I don't think that's overstated. That can be overstated. No, I think if you're looking at one specific moment, one takeaway, one one thing to extrapolate over the course of 82 games and into the postseason as a as a significant positive, it's and and something that you weren't sure of because mm-hmm. I think we're pretty sure that Austin Matthews is a pretty good goal scorer. Yeah, so like, I, yeah, like I, I wasn't worried. I, I didn't I didn't necessarily need that refresher. It was nice to see, no doubt. I think it's that that moment where Tyler Bertuzzi takes the extra whack uh, mm-hmm. at, at the whistle everybody jumps into a scrum and it, that included Austin Matthews. If you were, I mean, we talked about it in previewing this season, previewing this hockey team. If you were going to 
poke some holes or or have uh, curious conversations about issues surrounding this team. It would be the blue line. Mm-hmm. It would be the way this team plays defensively, and specifically that second line of Max Domi, John Tavares, and <laughs> William Nylander. And it would be the goaltending as well, despite the fact that Ilya Samsonov put up career highs across the board a season ago. This doesn't feel like the same stylistic Maple Leafs team that that he played behind a season ago. And I understand those are some high danger opportunities. You got to stop one. You, you got to stop. Like the, the, the Maple Leafs with the shot advantage that they had in that hockey game should be winning that game in regulation. You got to stop a hockey puck. It is my favorite. Uh, I can't believe I actually like anything from the Amazon all or nothing series that was done, but it is my favorite clip of uh, Steve Breer, uh, then goaltending coach is sitting there in uh, Sheldon Keefe's office and they're looking at the goals and he's going, well, this one was tipped and this one's I know, a screen. That's what goes, you do I don't goals. care. Yeah, right. Pick. I know. Just pick one. They're all really hard. Just pick one and save it. Do you think <laughs> Do you think Austin Matthews shot it into an open net when right. he scored from behind the goal line last night? No. Do you think that was an easy one for him? <laughs> no. So you got to just pick one and save it. I understand. And I also understand from a goalie's perspective saying, well, that's not fair. It's not. You're in the NHL. You get paid a ton of money. Rough. Figure it out, yep. pal. Uh, the goaltending, I think that Samsonov is going to have games that look like that. He is going to have games where the building is on his head and or he's standing on his head and the building is chanting Sammy. There's going to be more games than not that are in the middle. This is what the, I don't know, pick your number, 15th to 20th best goaltender in the NHL looks like. There's going to be a week where he's the 10th and yeah. everyone's going to be saying, oh, look at this bargain the Leafs have. And then there's going to be a week where you need Joe Wall to come in and steal things because Samsonov's going. And guess what? That's going to go back and forth all season long. You just have to hope. And this is a thing for a lot of teams in the NHL that you are able to find the hot hand at any given time. And then somebody asserts themselves heading into the playoffs. That's what you have to see. You have to see that. And, you know, like it didn't work out for them. That was the plan for the best team in the NHL last year, Boston. And then they went changing their goalies right before game seven. How that work out. So you want to have a hierarchy (laughs) heading into things, but I think that there's a long, long time before that gets really sorted out. Yeah. I'm just curious to see how the goaltending looks as a whole after the, the changes that have been made to the team, the off season uh, and with a blue line, that's not a strength of the hockey team and, and a bunch of additions that are not exactly 200 foot, players and, mm-hmm. and Max Domi kind of prime among them. And we'll, we'll see how, how much staying power that second line has. You have a uh, lasting Fraser Minton thoughts after his NHL debut. He had a, got a rough, his legs underneath him. Yeah. First shift was tough. They, yeah. they, they had some moments that that line did, but mm-hmm. if we're, if we're talking about, and you know, we should be because Brad for living said it explicitly, like normally these guys go down to junior that the Maple Leafs are leaning towards yep. Not having him play more than nine games in the National Hockey League, I, I don't think you were, or at least I'll just speak for myself. Yeah. I was not convinced um, extremely that Fraser Minton is going to last the season. I wouldn't say that, hey, this is already a mistake, yep. but I think if we have only nine games of sample to decide whether Fraser Minton is worth keeping around for, for the whole season, I would say yeah, probably trending in the no direction. Definitely trending that way. I will say... 
the the best thing that the coaches like they're going to go over video with him today all of that stuff the thing they will point out is they will like how his game grew as he got his legs underneath yep. him and he got comfortable you look at things that coaches like the fact that he killed penalties I don't want to overstate it but he was out there shorthanded for a minute last night that's not nothing he did look clunky at times I also thought he did an okay job of kind of disrupting breakouts which for a player like Minton who's not going to come in and be nice he's not going to he's not going to come in and be this offensive dynamo or a player that really really wows you everything about him was his pro game his steady nature it's the more subtle things he's also three of five in the dots I don't want to overstate this to say I actually go the other way I think he's going to stay I think the the way these things normally work out is that he goes back to junior but I think that for a guy who who really had a rough start to that game. Like it, it looked like a little bit, the lights were too big, all of that, all of that stuff for him to gain his sea legs as the game goes on. I think that's something that the coaching staff would be really impressed by. And let's see how it looks the next time out. Now I will say if you couldn't really assert yourself on the game and it's against Montreal who has like uh, Harvey Pinard as their first line center, then maybe <laughs> that's going to be a challenge for you against teams with more center depth. And I'm sure it will be, but I think that that was probably, there's a lot to be discouraged from early on, but I like the way he kind of bounced back and, and found himself in the game. Also the fact that Keith had him out there, not super late in the game, but he was on the ice with five, six minutes left in that one. So there's clearly some element to trust there. Also, it's also not wanting to put, you know, Gregor, Camp and Reeves out when you need a goal. There's definitely some element to that as well, but I don't think that's not nothing. So I think the way coaches use guys can tell you a lot about how they feel, and that should probably tell you that Keith kind of liked the way it trended. Noah, uh, Noah Gregor, uh, Ryan Reeves, uh, David Camp, though, we're good. I I wrote this note in my in my phone after the first Matthews goal. Loved the shift from 75, 64, and 18. It was important to have a, it was the first goal. They're down to nothing. They get some life. And then that line goes out over the boards and you're thinking, oh God, it could just so easily end up back behind right. Samsonov right now. All the momentum's gone. They played that entire shift in Montreal zone. And that's all you want from that line. I mean, you want Ryan Reeves to go blow somebody up every once in a while. He did that yesterday. So you like it. Uh, Gregor, I thought used his speed a bit as well. Thank God he scored though, because I was going to have the image of him not catching Jake Evans, I think on the first Montreal goal yeah. and Sam Lafferty definitely would have caught him. So. <laughs> you know, th- this is an interesting stat that I, I saw coming across X yesterday. Kevin Papetti with this 417 forwards have a thousand plus five on five minutes over the past three seasons. Noah Gregor ranks 21st in shots per minute. They 10 f- goals with the Sharks last year. Dude, he, and he had four shots on goal the, yesterday despite mm-hmm. playing limited, limited minutes. One of them finds the back of the net and and, and probably won the, yeah, the, the, the Montreal Canadiens probably won back. Um, but, yeah, this is an, an interesting addition. There's a reason they brought him in on a PTO and, and not to say that he's going to be a supreme difference maker. But, yeah. Again, if we're we're looking, we we did the negative thing, and yeah. we'll go back to doing the yeah, negative yeah, yeah. thing. Like yeah. if you're if you're gonna talk, talk about the <laughs> the positives, I think the fourth line and and Gregor specifically has to be up there. Definitely. The other, it's funny you mention uh, you mentioned the PTO part with Gregor. There is, I I'm sure I'll get out of this pretty quickly, but at least now while I'm watching this Leafs team, I'm just kind of doing the guy to guy thing. Mm-hmm. So okay, Gregor, different player for sure. He's Zach Aston Reese. He's the guy who came in on the PTO. He's right. on the fourth line. Maybe proves some utility. Max Domi, the, sorry, no offense. He's Kerfoot. He's that guy who they don't really, they're going to try him with Tavares and Nylander, but I don't know that there's a for sure home for him. I also don't know that there's not a million spots. They're not going to try him. So I think that's kind of where I'm going. And then the Bertuzzi 
bunting thing. Obviously, that's the most direct, direct bunting comparison scored yesterday. there. Bunting scored. Bertuzzi had a lot of good looks. I I will say I also think Michael Bunting would have chopped those into the corner uh, as well. So I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna blame Bertuzzi uh, for for those. But yeah, that's the that's kind of the way I'm looking at things right now. It's just doing the kind of guy to guy comparison. Much no, easier fair. up front than on the blue line. Obviously, it's yeah. more complicated. I don't know who John Klingberg is, uh, but yeah, so not I, Rasmussen. I'd be lying if I didn't think early on when Tyler Bertuzzi had a couple of rough touches. I was like, hey, maybe try like taping your stick up. Like, maybe just give just that the one. top. Yeah. Give it the top. It, it is. Okay. This is totally off. This is totally off the route. Uh, you will appreciate this, but this is a little off off kilter here. So all I can think of every time I see Tyler Bertuzzi is I have a buddy who's recently taken up the game of golf. Shout out, Daniel. I love you, bud. And we all tell him, you look like a hack putting with your glove on. You got to take that oh, thing yeah, off. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, why? I'm like, well, I mean, it's a feel thing, but yeah. also just every golfer on the planet Outside does it. Outside of John so, Daly. Yeah, so maybe do that. And and all I could think is Tyler Bertuzzi is the exact <laughs> same guy going, why? Why bother taping it? It's like, well, everyone in the history of the game has done it to this point. Maybe you could try. Yeah, it's there must I, be something to it. all I could it. think of. It is honestly like a golfer putting with their glove on. It makes me... Uh, Visibly ill, honestly. All right, so we didn't start the conversation with this, but we can't go the, mm. the first Leaf segment without talking about the goal song. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. That was my thought on the matter. Everyone was very, honestly, I wanted them so bad to have just lied to Lance Hornby and everybody, and it was just <laughs> hollow notes. What I, oh, what I would have given for a boom, <laughs> or like boom, a remix of well, hollow I did notes. see somebody wondering, because I guess Bieber... <laughs> How to post, I don't know. I, yes, he did. Before the game, he okay, said, I, I can't wait to hear some Hall & Oates tonight. So I saw that, but I didn't know if that was... I wasn't going I to thought, the source to get that. I thought that he had some inside info and that he had created like his, a goal song. He's like, oh, throwing you off the scent. And, and it is kind of weird that there's... It seems to be a lack of consultation with the players and specifically Justin Bieber, who's your most notable celebrity fan. Wild, wild stuff. Well, like, well, why aren't we at least asking the players for, for their input on this thing? I'm going, I'm going the other way. It should just be a Mike Myers joke. He should just tell a good, like, knock-knock joke after or something. The other famously fan. It is... I cannot believe how much oxygen this has got. I would just like to go on record for the 8,000th time and say the idea of them having... Oh, this is the next gen song. And just pick... That's what they're doing, yeah, apparently. Yeah, just pick a song and play it. Also, I know it's not for me. I I'm, I'm guess maybe it's supposed to be for me because now I'm a parent of a child. I loathe the next gen game. I wow. cannot stand it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not one for the youth. So you can play whatever you want that day. I'm not going to like it. So you don't have... like the Bieber jersey? That's uh, no, no. I love reversible. that. I, I do love that. I just every time there's like a Fortnite style graphic on a TV. Yeah, and that's rough. Yeah, I just I can't. My I can't kid desperately wants that jersey. And one of these days, I'm gonna buy it for him, or maybe not. Um, yeah, I will be. I will be buying that jersey when I see it in the winners in in two years. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait to get my hands Dude, on that thing. I'm dying. Mister Knockoff, does my kid have? Yeah, like a winners Leafs jersey with a duct tape 34 on the back. <laughs> he may very well. Uh, Quickly, I, oh, we're doing kids' jerseys really quick. How yeah. do you feel about this move? My kid has a Leaf jersey. Obviously, shocker. I've like took him out of the hospital in one, but. I'm gonna. I've gone no name on back because I want him to be able to like be a sentient being and be like, this is my guy. Oh, because right now I think it'd be Nylander, but I don't think that's. He asked for Matthews, and I was like, oh yeah, could I spend two hundred dollars on a jersey you're gonna grow out of? Three four on there, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, the the only issue is that it can't go in the wash. That that that's tough. That's tough. (laughs) Duct tape is coming flying off. There you go. All right, lots more leaf talk uh, to come. 
during the course of the day. Also getting you set for Mark Shapiro's big uh, big turn at the podium. Should have should have <laughs> took to the mic. The second Matthew scored his yeah. third last night, just ran to it. Yeah. All right, any questions? Nope, we're good. Okay. Um, it's it's a big show today, and uh, it continues to feel big with our next. Uh, our next guest, the former host of the big show on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, uh, Gord Stellick, Sportsnet Leafs analyst, joins us next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's The Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, the fan band, and it's Brent Gunning. All right, did you enjoy your Leafs hockey? Oh, baby, did I. Got to wait until Saturday for the next one. Against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, get Connor Bedard next week, though, who there scored his first NHL goal yesterday. <sighs> did you see the graphic that got put up? No. It was it was Gretzky with his 890 or whatever it was, <laughs> and then Bedard won, chasing <laughs> greatness. It was a great. I don't, that is hilarious. I, I really hope they thought of it the same way I did, that it's hilarious, and that wasn't done intentionally. No, Either way. There's no way. I'm, I'm, no I'm, way. I don't know what's going on down there when it comes to hockey, okay? so TNT I, has it figured out. Come on. How okay. dare you? This is true. All right. Uh, Gord Stalick has it figured out always. Sportsnet 590, the fan, Leafs analyst, joins us uh, this Thursday morning. Good uh Good uh, morning to you, Gordo. How was that, mm-hmm. eh, Gord? Yeah, good morning, guys. Yeah, I got it figured out. The new goal song should be Helter Skelter. That's what <laughs> I'm excited. That's, uh, that's apropos of game number one is like the next number 40 home games. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I get it. And yeah, you can have that, that conversation about this Leafs team. And there's some reasons why you might have expected it uh, throughout the course of this regular season. It's game one. And I will say like early season hockey kind of looks like this, doesn't it? Oh, hey, I don't. Hey, I'm not saying helter skelter negatively. Hey, man, if you're a fan, that's that that was that was a very entertaining game. And, and Ben, you're right. I mean, there's a, you saw in Edmonton. You know, Jay Woodcroft said, "Hey, we're still in we're in exhibition form here against Vancouver, right?" And I think there is a little bit about the okay, maybe in some cases the continuation of uh, of exhibition games. But you know, part of the helter skelter was you know you got T.J. Brody flat out falling down. And it's Noah Gregor's first shift as a Leaf. The fourth line gets the first shift. And all of a sudden, he's going, oh, like, crap. I got my minus already. We're down one nothing, then down 2 nothing, And, you know, then you get the goal called back and whatever. So, hey, they found a way to win at the end, which is going to be the critical, critical lesson you want. You want reinforced and that kind of experience, finding ways to win games, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's exactly what I looked at is last night is just survive. We know the way that first game goes against Montreal all the time. They come out kind of flat. Montreal shot out of a cannon. And then honestly, it hasn't even gone the least way of getting the, the point in overtime, let alone uh, the the extra one for, for winning in, in the shootout there. We got to talk about Matthews, Gord. You and I have had so many, we've sat there so many times watching him dominate. And we've also had games where you're saying, oh, you just wanted to put the team on his back. Boy, did he, he do that last night. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk about his down year last year and we'd all love to have down 40 goal seasons but that looked like full freight Matthews last night you know I've been laughing uproariously at that uh, that Sobeys commercial they've done right that he's the <laughs> I, I worked at the Dominion store Leslie and Cinch way back when I mean that was uh, I, I was one of those guys way back when and I, I've loved did you let anybody you... else have any of the food Gord or was the, did you uh, keep it all to yourself I just, there 
Well, so on Sundays you had a handle of snack bar as well, so you oh, snuck a few wow. things. Okay, you got to be honest. But wow. uh, the the uh, statute of limitations <laughs> is passed now. I think you're okay. I hope so. And that store's way gone. So, uh, but <laughs> I, I don't know. There's something about his presence and his comfort. Not that he was ever uncomfortable in his own skin. You know, it's just you're you're incredible how young you're seeing Connor Bedard going through that when you're 18 or 19 starting out in a, in a major market. So, I mean, that's one thing off the ice that I've really kind of noticed. But, yeah, you know, we've just talked about it. Like, like what a treat. And, uh, you know, he, he is, and there's no slight to Daryl Sittler, Dave Keon, anybody else out there. I think he does grasp that he has a chance to arguably be the greatest Maple Leaf ever, and that might have factored in his decisions, you know, to stay. And here he is, and good on the team. But, you know, a game that would be a hugely disappointing game to win, just when you come back to take control and lose it again, and he's the guy that comes up big. Yeah, and I, I think we we looked at the the, con, the contract status and him signing the extension this past off season is the anxiety being with the fan base clearly and with Brad Treliving in his his first season as Maple Leafs general manager. But I hadn't really thought about the idea, and 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 maybe it's it's not actual fact, but the idea that maybe Austin Matthews would be freed up, uh, having some certainty over the next half decade. Do you think there's a possibility there that like? Yeah, that's no longer weighing on him, and we we could have a more freed up Austin Matthews this season. I think it's a good point, and I, I don't know if it's I don't know what weighed on, but certainly the fact that the day he signed the previous contract, and you knew that hey, you're expecting an eight year deal or seven because that's what you know McDavid had done and McKinnon had done and whatever that you always felt there was an ulterior motive, and from that second day on, it's oh God, he's going to leave, he's going to leave, he's he signed this totally predicated, he's going to go somewhere else. So I think you know in some ways that people have said. You know, wow, he likes us. He likes it here. He likes the fans. That yeah, you know, and and the other part is when I talk about the leadership thing, and I and you know, Brent and I had talked about that for the last couple of years. About I, I understood it earlier on, but I kept getting curious. What, why do we, why do the Leafs keep bringing you know Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons and and you know others, a few others, and it's always about well, we got to get some leadership. And I kept thinking, man, your leadership's got to emerge from those guys at some point. Of course, John Tavares as well coming on but your leadership's got to emerge from that kind of group and is there a void with that and uh, i really thought that that you know when they when they turned things around a couple of years ago when it looked like that terrible start that i, I see that more and they're the ones that really should be the genuine leaders I, I think that's a hugely positive thing yeah i agree with you there gordon it honestly hadn't dawned on me i know reeves got brought in and some of it was i wouldn't go as far as leadership but just a voice a, a literal loud voice that's always talking in the room but you're right i mean you look at all the names that have been brought in in years past and there's been some element to that and you know no knock on noah gregor or john klingberg but that's not why those guys were brought in and even a, a bertuzzi and and a domi there uh in terms of bertuzzi he's taken the spot that uh you you know i loved that was so much occupied by michael bunting uh I he had his looks last night. I love that he got in the scrum. It seemed to pull Matthews into it in the first period as well. Uh, what'd you make of the Leafs top line last night, Gordo? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, again, because as we you know, kick things off, there was elements of Friday night chinny or exhibition hockey, which was fun <laughs> to watch. But, you know, so it's kind of like when, when, when they were bad, they were really bad for 10 minutes. And when they were good, they, you know, they, it's like when that goal got called back, I mean, man, they just dominated for the next little while. Montreal didn't, uh, get a shot on goal till they scored the next one. But anyway, uh, I, yeah, I like what I saw. I, I, I like what I saw, you, you know, saw, you know, you know, picking it apart, you know, the minutiae, you could break it down more when you watch replays and that, but it's the kind of game that's so exciting that you're actually just following the game and the, the back and forth. But even what I've seen in ex, you know, again, exhibition games are exhibition games, but I've I liked that kind of fit. You, you really, 
don't want a Nick Ritchie or David Clarkson start for any of those players. That's someone that never, ever gets going and never did get going. And I'm, you know, and that's still possible for anybody. I don't mean for the Leafs, but any other team out there that for whatever reason, some new person doesn't particularly fit in. So I've liked what I've seen so far. Yep, yeah, uh, and the, that line seemed to, to gain steam as the as the game went on. Uh, the, the the Maple Leafs won the game, so we're not as critical of uh, the pretty notable gaffes on the blue line yesterday. Three separate defensemen with three separate mistakes individually that result in three separate goals for the Montreal Canadiens. This was something that was going to be on our radar. How how this blue line would look this season? What what are your early takeaways from the Maple Leafs defensemen? Yeah, you know, uh, um, not a passing grade, right? You know, it just wasn't last night. Just they'd be the first to admit it. I mean, the upside was finding a way to win against arguably one of the, well, not arguably, one of the weakest teams in, in the NHL. And, and and that is, I wouldn't call the Achilles heel of the Leafs, but, you know, they've got so much dominance up front. I do like the goaltending. But again, the D continues to be, you know, if you're if you're a C average student, you get your degree, but you don't get the scholarship, right? And same kind of thing. You you maybe get into the playoffs, but you probably don't you probably don't go deep in the playoffs. So uh, obviously, this t- this D core right now is better than it showed last night. But it's the kind of thing whether it's about improving, whether it's about finding pairings, whether it's about adding one or two, which we all expect Brad for living to do down the road or before the trade deadline. Yeah, that that's not going to cut it most nights. No, it's not. And uh, that that's the good thing about surviving is that now you can move on and it's not the panicky start, right? It'd be so easy if they lose that game and all of a sudden Saturday night doesn't go well and you're 0-2 and it's, uh, the, you know, Bedard's coming to town. It's amazing how quick uh, think things could, could spiral here. We saw it firsthand last year. Uh, in terms of Frazier Minton, obviously a lot of talk of him heading into the game. Uh, he didn't factor in too much one way or another. I thought he had some moments where the lights looked a little big, but I thought he gained his legs as the game went on. What do you expect the least to do with him here i mean i don't know that he plays the first nine games and they say all right kid back to cam loops do you think they maybe try to bleed things along give him the night uh, the odd night off to maybe extend his little window here with the team what do you expect them to do with uh fraser minton gord well you know it's something toronto fans are, are big on with all their sports teams right now called the eyeball test you know and just focus on the eyeball test and hey first game it must have been overwhelming for him last night and again because of that helter skelter type game it's not not really a good game to gauge uh, how someone's uh, Billy's going to be or not. What, what, you know, Brent, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm of the mind that first of all, the upside is he's coming into a real good situation, and I'll, I'll compare Wyatt Johnston to that going into Dallas last year. That's the right? exact you know, he, name I've been thinking of as well. Greg. Yeah. So, uh, like a guy with one year left in junior goes into a really good situation in Dallas, as opposed to, you know, Cole Sillinger. Like, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets probably, if they had a, if they had a do-over, they'd have him back in junior rather than accelerating his pace on a team that, you know, hasn't been very good. So that's what I'm looking at there. So the Leafs really believe that, okay, there's a chance he gives them something different at center. That means keep a kneeler ender on the wing and, and let's take, take a look at it. I don't think, you know, I don't think they obsess. I, I know game number 10, you want it. You want to save that extra year. But when you're going for the cup right now, you don't obsess about that. Okay. You, if you go beyond that, you know, so be it because you're really trying to figure out what is the best overall makeup for the team. So, We'll wait and see how he plays, and and but if if it if it isn't there, you go back to junior. If it is, you know, as as we've said, Wyatt Johnston, which is a really best get best case scenario, then that's that's really kind of nice to be able to get a little bit of a diamond in the rough as far as what you projected going into training camp. Yeah, I I agree with a, a lot of what you just said there. Um, but that being said, like if you are leaning towards sending him back to junior, doesn't he kind of need to overwhelm like? 
it's just it's game one of uh, of his entire career yesterday and and he kind of grew into the game but if he does want to stick beyond the the nine games here with the Toronto Maple Leafs doesn't doesn't he I know he's not going to overwhelm probably on the score sheet but doesn't he need to to look a little bit more dominant than we've seen him in in the opening 60 minutes of, of his hockey career yeah that's fair I think I think Ben that it, he has to be a top three line player he can't be a fourth line player with with possibilities of sitting in the press box. Then he goes back to junior. It's just like this kind of thing. You you found a way that you think he can fit in your top three lines. I mean, you know, with guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, it was a no brainer, right? They're on your top line or two when they when they come out as underage. But that's exactly it. So if if he's not that, then he absolutely goes back to junior. Yeah, that's that's how I would expect it to play out. And we we had Trilliving on the show a couple of days ago, and you know he he didn't seem like he was uh, rushing to get it out there, but he did say, you know, generally speaking, these guys go back, and it it does it seem that they really really have to overprove it. And yeah, again, Wyatt Johnson is exactly the name I've been thinking of because you know Johnson a little bit of a higher draft pick, a touch more pedigree there, but pretty similar situation in terms of teams uh, with a lot up front, and it's just more of an ancillary role that that's uh, that's needed there. We talk so much about Sheldon Keith and the way he coaches this team. Do you think he'll be any different under Dubas this year? You know, we were joking. I don't think it's the fact that Dubas is gone that had him going for the really, really early pull last night, but he certainly uh, he certainly went for it, pulling the goalie with nearly five minutes left in the game. Uh, what do you expect from Keefe this year, and do you think he'll be, he'll be any different than in years past? Well, uh, I'm, I'm always a little bit worried if coaches become hugely different for whatever reasons. Like you, you want to grow and evolve in whatever you do, including as a coach. But I, th- I think he's got to feel really good where he's at because, you know, he's, he was, t- pretty, you know, what, hey, hey, Kyle Dubas was his guy. I mean, that's his guy. That's why he's in the NHL. So uh, he certainly, you know, owes Kyle Dubas a solid to say the least. But now when there was a first little inclination, when there was an easy change for the new general manager to make, uh, he's spent some time with Sheldon, talked to him, and then, you know, reinvested and re-upped and, and uh, showed his confidence in him. So I, I think, you know, we, hey, there's pressure being an NHL head coach everywhere, but I think Sheldon keeps in, it should be, at least should be, feeling like he's in a really good place right now. And, and I, so whatever, whatever adjustments he makes, I think it's from his, his experiences and what's worked, what hasn't worked, what he wants to try, what kind of personality he has, what kind of new personality he has. I mean, those kind of things. Uh, any goal song thoughts, Gordo? Had you heard that one, "Pursuit of Happiness" by Kid <laughs> Cudi? Is that is that on your playlist? <laughs> I, yeah, my my, um, yeah, you know, I mean, Dua Diddy doesn't really cut it. I don't know. I got I got to I got to kind of grow. I got to grow a few decades. Okay, I got to grow a few decades. We'll get the brain trust together. You can go talk with Bonesy and Ralphie about that, and uh, I'm sure the three of <laughs> oh, you together. That's the brain trust. Yeah, I didn't say it was a good one. Uh, just okay. collectively, maybe there's a brain in there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, did he would be good hey maybe it's in the rotation you never know uh Gordon, never know. <laughs> uh, thanks buddy talk soon i enjoy being in the rotation take care guys sports that 590 the fan leaves analyst do i did he who knows like yeah maybe I you actually, mix some no, modern with I some throwbacks i love the idea of them getting all the six-year-olds in there for the next gen game and it's like just some like yeah. Motown song for the goal song on the Young right. Kids Day. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Dogs in the city did not love me doing whatever that was just yeah. now into the mic, but there we go. And I want to just say, well, we're talking about things we love. I love that man. I love Gord Stellick. Oh, what a what a great fella. Yeah, uh, he's an institution in uh, Toronto sports media. Very much so. Ryan Reeves, we talked a little bit about uh, off the top of the show. Yeah, pointing to his guns. I just did that to yeah, you. Yeah, I, I know. That's so <laughs> well, much that's smaller. why I relate it. Yeah, so much smaller. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Ryan Reeves is a very strong man. He knows what he's here to do. He had the one shift where, like, it culminates in, yeah. in, the, in the fight with Jack Guy, but, like, a couple of bone-rattling mm-hmm. hits and ends up, you know, giving the Toronto Maple Leafs a power play. And, yeah, three years at over a million bucks for a guy who's going to be, what, 39 by the end of it who's going to play at most mm-hmm. 10 minutes of hockey. Like, if he plays 10 minutes of a hockey game, you're like, holy cow, that <laughs> things got out of hand. It's usually we're talking about single-digit minutes, right. but... I mean, if nothing else, and, and 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 this isn't the primary reason that he was acquired, but if nothing else, in the monotony of an 82-game regular Honestly. season, for an entertainment product, what, what a give back to the fans. Like, who's not looking at what he provided yesterday as something we can all get behind as far as breaking up the monotony? Who didn't look exactly like Brad Treliving when he flexed oh and Treliving's there going, look at this guy. I love this I guy. I got one text from my dad. We should give, him, we should give him more money. Yeah, I got one text from my dad yesterday during the course of the hockey game, and it was Reeves! Exclamation point. Love that's it. it. I, that's that, all that's he what he, And that's who he's here for, honestly. Right. Uh, he is the inverse of Jake McCabe. We have to include Jake McCabe, who is paid $2 million on the salary cap as yeah. his full name so people don't hate him. Right. Uh, conversely, we have to say Ryan Reeves, who will be on this hockey team for two more seasons beyond this one, so people do not make him the captain. It's like, it's the inverse. It's like the contract is the thing that keeps the love for Reeves somewhat in line, and it is the thing that keeps Jake McCabe somewhat afloat. But in terms of Reeves, I mean... That's it, right? I I used to have a little checklist that I'd have when I'd head down to the game of what do people want to see. First and foremost, always two points. People want the win, okay? Yep. Matthew's goal. You need a couple of big stud goals. You want Matthew's goal, Nylander, Marner, whatever it is. You want you want some goals, okay? Yeah. But there's always that. You yep. want a fight. The people want a fight. I remember the night Matthew scored 50. It's against the Jets. Simmons fought as well. And Matthews got 50. The Leafs won the game. It was perfect. And that is exactly it. To add that element, we haven't had a guy like that here in so, so long. And it's not Wayne Simmons. I know people are doing the direct. Wayne Simmons was brought in to kind of play, and he kind of did until he broke his hand in Vancouver yeah. in that bubble season. Honestly, he was really never the same guy after after that. But in terms of Reeves, what he's going to do, it's that. There are going to be nights where he has a bad shift and it's going to result in the goal and you're going to roll your eyes, but there are going to be nights where he's that and it's a a, a bit of levity in a, in a long season. Yeah, and Jack Eye challenges him, ends up getting the instigator and, and the fighting is going to be part of it. And the, like we talked about the other day, mm-hmm. that there's few guys that are in his his weight class. And the, yeah, the fighting's part of it. I, I will say that the hits totally. preceding the fight totally. were, I think, something that are actual tangible things that can happen that he can provide to this hockey team that, yeah, one, do the entertainment product thing, and you're right to go down the list of things that you want to see as a mm-hmm. hockey fan. And Pretty like, high up there. The Yesterday hit a lot of them. Like, you got the, the most amount of hockey. You got mm-hmm. full overtime and then a shootout, and yeah. you got uh, 10 goals, and you got Austin Matthews with three of them, and you got a fight, and you got some hits. But, yeah, the, the, the hitting that preceded the fight, mm-hmm. to me, that's something that can be momentum shifting, that can be energizing for a hockey team, even more than a, a stage fight or even an organic fight for well, that matter. Look at look at the names on this team. Who else is doing it? Just, I, I'm talking about just, just hitting. I'm sure Tyler Bertuzzi would take a run at somebody once in a while. Max Domi, he might be Jake interested McCabe in that. Likes Jake, to do that. That's the guy. That That is the guy. But yeah. guess what? Half the time he goes and takes a lick at somebody, it's going to result in a two-on-one the other way. And the lick might be huge. We had that exact thing happen in the playoffs last year. So I I think that that is an element that he provides that there just really isn't a lot of. Matthews is, 
he's physical, but not in a blow you up kind of way. It's just mm-hmm. he uses his body and he leans on you very kind of Yager like almost yeah. almost in that way. Nylander is the same way. He had a moment last night in the game where he just held on to the puck with one hand on the boards, pushed a guy off of him and then <laughs> used his body while holding it on his backhand to walk the blue line last night. He is so strong, but it's not in a run you over way. And there aren't many guys like this in the league. Reeves had the massive hit last year on, I think it was Hronick in Detroit, uh, completely oh, yes. annihilated Oh, we him. spent like a week debating yeah. that hit. Well, I mean, what was the debate? The guy looked him dead in the <laughs> face and then, then just turned. I don't know. I still can't believe that happened. Anyways, you're going to see that from Reeves and people are going to love it. And the only other guy that it can give, that can give you it remotely on the team is McCabe. So. Yeah, and he might be in the press box come the postseason. Sure. Like he is a regular, which is crazy. Maple Leafs are, are locking up more than a million bucks in cap space to a guy who I don't think anyone would be surprised, including Brad for living, that he might be a healthy scratch come the middle of April yep. and into May and the hope into June. But over the course of 82 games, there's, yeah, what he can provide from an entertainment standpoint. And there is like the pointing to the bicep thing and bringing together a group that has a bunch of dudes that maybe have personalities but but don't seem to be mm-hmm. you know, the, the most tight-knit. That, that's going to be the thing I'm most curious to watch because I'll be honest, I you know I mentioned it with Bertuzzi. He gets that scrum going last night. Giordano goes completely off the top rope, but Matthews right in the thick of it. Now, if you tell me Austin Matthews finally had a glimpse of playoff success last mm-hmm. year, the tiniest taste of it, and said, mm, need more of that, I'm a different guy now, I'd buy that. I honestly would buy that. If you say I'm playing with Tyler Bertuzzi, that's a guy who just has a little bit more of that. And unlike Bunting, he's not talking about it. He's doing it. Maybe that's it. But also, this is the unknown part of it, that if this team does seem a little tougher and a little more together, Mm -hmm. how much of that is Reeves? It's the unknowable thing, because I don't think Austin Matthews is going to come out and say, oh, yeah, I feel tougher. Because I don't know. Maybe he will say that. I don't know that I buy it if he says it, though. Right? Does that make sense? (laughs) It's a very unquantifiable thing, and that's the thing I'm most curious to watch about that aspect of it is how much does it infect the and I say the core four. It's really just Matthews. Nylander yep. is who he is. Yep. Marner, to his credit, stood there and got punched in the face by Matthew Kachuk. Good, good on him. <laughs> I guess. I guess. And I John guess. Tavares is who he is. So it's really just Matthews that we're talking about. Yeah. And if Austin Matthews, man, if he flips the switch and becomes sixty goal scorer and killer, and then, what are we doing here? And on the penalty kill, yeah. yes, that was not just like a like the William Nylander center thing, not a preseason, hey, we're going to try I this thing. I still can't get over the Nylander center. that it, They did us so dirty <laughs> like that. They wow. made us talk about it for so long. Well, and I thought the Austin Matthews thing had the potential yeah. to, to, to be that on the penalty kill, but played it in earnest. So how about 60 goals and a Selkie for, for Austin Matthews? You yeah. never know. All right. Uh, so many positives to take away from yesterday's. Leafs game, there's a few negatives, including the goaltending. Who starts on Saturday? Do you put Sammy back in there, or is it uh, Joseph Wall's net in game two of the season? We'll talk about that and uh, plenty more next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.